Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Hungarian Football Podcast, Pandemic Edition, where we will be discussing all things Hungarian football. I am your host, Chris Barrett, co-editor of HungarianFootball.com. Today is a special episode because uh, someone once said getting two guests together today um, to do a podcast would require heaven and earth moving together. But I guess a global pandemic will do the trick as well. Uh, founder of HungarianFootball.com, Magyar Fokai, and the Hungarian Football Podcast, Tom Mortimer, is on the show. Welcome, Tom. Hello. Lovely to be here. Well, it's lovely to have you. And also joining us is Hungarian Football former editor and legend, drumroll please, Gabby Kovac. Hello, Gabby. Hey, guys. How are you doing? A pleasure to be here as well. Well... I'm so glad. This is this is like a dream come true for me, being in the presence of greatness. Uh, you guys taught me everything I knew, which, to be fair, isn't much, but it's enough, right? <laughs> <laughs> we warned you. We warned you. <laughs> well, we know that in these uncertain times, we all need an escape. Without live football to entertain us these days, we will attempt to provide just a taste of the glory days with Tom and Gabby. So we're going to be asking some questions. We're going to let uh, Tom and Gabby just talk because they do that really well. Um, And uh, we've got some lists that we want to get through. Um, The first one, this is one that uh, I'm not sure which one of you two um, suggested it, but was the top, top three dinners. Is this like at a press room or is this like of all time? What are you talking about here? <laughs> Gabby's got a great story from a press room. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's so, start with Gabby. The whole plate thing stems from um, there, there was a, 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 a final um, that was played in, played in England. It was a, a playoff final, uh, a non-league one at the time, but um, Luton Town were playing in it. And uh, at the time, one of the defenders was a, a Hungarian guy, Janos Kovac, who um, played for MT Car, went on to play for Budapest Honved, but at the time was a little old loot in, in the in the conference. And great opportunity. Let's you know, he, we got on absolutely famously with him. We we got press tickets and off we went to Wembley for this for this final. So carrying our laptops, we get to the press entrance. And um, they search our bags. And I forgot that the day before I'd been on a film shoot where um, they were dishing out food. And for whatever reason, they packed up and I ended up with the plate in my um, bag. So they were like, why have you bought a plate to um, a football match? Um, And I said, well, I'm I'm hoping the kind of buffet is going to be good enough um for, for me to warrant bringing my own plate and uh they confiscated it <laughs> plates in Wembley Stadium were absolutely rubbish to be fair so I lost out big time did you actually get to eat anything but we did we had we ended up having sandwiches I think wasn't it Tommy it yeah it wasn't the greatest buffet in the world but impressive. but it was a non-league final at the end of the day so yeah. like yeah. And it was free, so you can't really complain. Beggars can't be choosers. 
There's <laughs> nothing like the press the press rooms in Hungary and okay the press rooms are not great but if you tend to to go to um football matches in Hungary as a as an English guy um they'll stick a, like a VIP band on you nine times out of ten which means you can go and eat with like the players like wives and directors and everything like that and their buffets are absolutely off the scale um yeah, you will eat like a king. In fact, I've missed probably 42, 41 minutes of the second half of games because they've been that good. <laughs> Tom, is there anything that you want to add to press room food stories? Um, uh, I, I have none. I have no stories like that. I was I was at the one where Gabby was at um, and that was more than good enough for me. It was I don't know if you've seen the Alan Partridge episode where he has a big plate at the buffet. It was literally the same. It was amazing. Um, yeah, but nothing else. Um, we went, me and Gabby have been to, I think, have we been to what, two more other pre, um, press boxes? Yeah. We went we to did. a random one in, in uh, TNS. That was it. Um, Up in Wales? Three, yeah, it was about three people there. It was against um, Videoton. Um, in a Champions oh, League qualifier. Right, right. It was a drab game, and there's yeah, there's it was yeah. I don't know if anyone's ever been to TNS, but it's it's like a non-league ground and worse to be honest. It's like two sides of the stadium which have nothing at all. Yeah, if Not you look at if if you look at my Twitter profile, TNS is the the Welsh team that I support. Obviously. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and um, it's funny because Video Town. That was the first time I'd ever heard of. She cashed for Hervad, and I had no idea how to pronounce it. I probably still don't. But um, when they played in Hungary, I just thought, man, that's big time. <laughs> TNS actually won that game as well, didn't they? They they won one. They won it, but they lost the tie. An extra right. time, yeah. They lost an extra time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We did get the the, the head of the uh, FA of Wales was giving us sweets throughout the second half, wasn't he? Tom? Yeah, I think that was about <laughs> as good as the food got. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, that was as good as it got, really. <laughs> well, I, the one question I wanted to ask, because Gabby, I mean, I follow you on Twitter, always have, and you're, to me, legendary status, especially with food. I've seen some of the best meat photos, non, I mean, appropriate meat photos on Twitter. <laughs> um, and, we were uh, talking about RimWorld earlier, weren't we? No, no, okay, that's, we're editing that. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, quite honestly, when I think of uh, um, just food spreads, I mean, that just, you know, Gabby Kovach comes to mind because you have some of the best photos of food. I mean, almost, you know, just dreamy. So what are some of the best combinations you can suggest to a world out there that really needs to be creative with their food these days? Oh, wow. Do you know what? It's hard because there's, there's just so many good things. I, you, Hungarian food, I, you know, my mum still, you know, you could, you could eat every restaurant in, in Hungary and, and food will never be as good as, as mum's. And some of the creations she comes up with are just magnificent. But do you know what? My, everyone laughs at me because it's like it's all peasant food. But there's like a, a Hungarian pasta called Nokedli. Um, which is like made with flour, egg, water, whatever else. And it, it's just the simplest thing is boiled. I absolutely adore the stuff. But any meat 
Oh, I just, do you know, I'm going to have to go now and eat, guys. It's been lovely being on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just eat, just eat anything. Now's the, now's a good time to like. If you look on uh, Gergai on uh, on Twitter, I think he's doing some like Hungarian cooking on on yeah. his Facebook page. Oh yeah. Like that just have a check out of what he's doing although he does use rice instead of tahonia which is like devastating to me so i think we need to check his family tree and make sure that he is actually hungarian because that's just criminal but yeah the, have, a, have a look at what he's doing because he's really good if, if you look to me what you'd see is the the reflection of a overweight man with a bald head with me slap, slabbering down his cheeks. So Gergo is probably the best person to look at for that. I can vouch for Gergo in real life as well because I think it might have been last time or the time before um, he took me to a... with Kevin McCluskey actually, randomly. Um, we went to a, a Hungarian restaurant in one of the, um, in the big halls and it was beautiful what, where he took us. Um, yeah, and he, he certainly knows his food, that lad. Well, um, I think we're all eating quite a bit. And, you know, anytime we can get suggestions from you guys, that would be great. So um, we'll take it to heart. We'll get we'll get Gerga Morosi to uh, maybe send us a few of his uh, Hungarian recipes so that we can survive this global thing. Um, we're all going to go, guys. As soon as this is all over, and he can fix that, that's all. Yeah. yeah. Do we know where? where do, do we know where he lives? That's... No, but we have the powers to find out. <laughs> he definitely lives in Budapest, but I'm not sure exactly where. He lives in a flat. And he lives alone, and he, and he lives in in Budapest. Then that's all we need to get going with, really. Yeah, we'll triangulate yeah. somehow. We'll get. Would this we'll cla- classify as um, needed travel or? It's urgent, isn't it? So. Absolutely. Oh, food. You know, they said you can go out for food, didn't they? It's essential. <laughs> that is true, yeah, yeah. Even if you have to travel internationally, you know, sometimes <laughs> you have to do what you have to do. It. <laughs> All right, so let's let's get to football. Um, uh, David, our friend, uh, Aspiring Bear on Twitter, asked this question. Top three matches of all time. Um Maybe we could just start with one at a time. The idea here is what to watch while we're all on lockdown because apparently, you know, live football is not available unless you're watching, um, you know, Mali or Guatemala Junior League or something like that. Um, Belarus League still going on. Oh, Belarus is still going. I think T- Tajikistan maybe started this weekend nice. also. Nice. So, you know, you've, you've got it if you can find it. But if not, you know, and you want quality football. They're asking for top three matches. I don't think he was asking necessarily Hungarian, but just what are the three that you guys would say would be, these are the best watches if you want to sit down and watch 90 minutes of football. We'll start with you, um, Tom. Um, One Hungarian game which sticks out in my mind a lot was a loss. Um, It was against Holland when they were world champs. Um, I I think it was the year after in qualification. Um, and we were quite bad at this point. We were, um, in the early days of Sandora Gavari, um, and we went there expecting to get absolutely battered. I think the last time we played there, we lost 6-1. Um, Jujak scored a belter, but we absolutely got battered. Um, and yeah, we were just expecting nothing, and we ended up going 2-1 up in the game 
away in Amsterdam. Um, Gergely Rudolph was absolutely class that day. Um, and then they got it back to 3-2. Holland did. And then Gira scored an absolute screamer to make it 3-3. And it, even though we ended up losing 5-3, it was like a, it was one of those games which made you really proud to support Hungary because they, they played with such um, confidence and and passion and which is something that Hungary didn't do a lot at this stage like they they used to go to places in in qualification and get absolutely hammered um, and they were kind of never ever close to um, to qualification I feel like that game was even though we did end up losing it was one of the steps we had to take to get to Euro 2016 I really do believe that because a lot of that nucleus of that squad were around when when we did qualify and like Zoltan Gira as he was time and time again it was it was Gira at his best and anyone uh, who loves Zoltan Gira loves to watch Gira at his best so I'd, I'd pick that out if anyone wants to watch a game over the over the um this weird time um and obviously Holland were a quality team back then with Van Persie, Ian Robin, Schneider, Dirk Kite um yeah, so uh, I think Mark Van Bommel, Nigel De Jong, it was, it was really, obviously they got to the World Cup final the year before. So um, yeah, that was that's a game that sticks out in my head. And I think it was the first away game that I went as a Hungarian fan. So I think that maybe makes it stick out a little bit more. Okay. Do you have a date on that one? I think it was about March 2011. Let me just look it up. 5-3. Um, yeah, you might do. 15 November? No, it's Poland, sorry. 29th of March, 2011. There you go. Yes. Yeah. And um, if anyone is struggling for games to watch, it, there's a website called footballia.net, and they have pretty much everything. It's just class. Full okay, games. We'll, so. we'll add that to the to the show notes. Um, Gab, what do you got? <laughs> Absolutely, I, I agree with Tom. That was one of the games I was I was going to go for. It was brilliant, and yeah, I remember Tom being in the in the away section for that game. And um, yeah, what what a performance that was! It, it was absolutely incredible. But um, I think one of the games I'm going to go for is um, obviously being a, a Honvéd fan. It, it it was massive for us. But back in uh, 2012, it was the the last game of the season. Uh, in Hungary and it was um, away to Page and basically Honved needed to to win to get into to Europe um, and what unfolded in that game was just like absolutely incredible we, we went one nil up in the in the first minute we thought this is this is great by 20 minutes we're like two one down um, equalized went three two down and then um, eventually went on to, to win the game 4-3 um, and, and took that final spot into Europe. But it was just, yeah, just absolutely incredible to to watch, um, especially, I'd say, being a Honved fan, but the pure drama in it that, you know, Paich weren't particularly doing anything great that season. I think they were mid-table, lower table. But, um, yeah, just, just to... To pull that one out of the bag, that's that's definitely one worth watching. So that was the last game of the season in 2012. So it must have been um, May. I'm guessing somewhere in May. Um, 
hopefully that it will be the whole game will be out there somewhere in the uh, in the universe. But um, yeah, definitely one to try and seek out. It's crazy that Page don't exist anymore. Oh, mate, it's horrible. That I... last, that last game when they they put the coffin in the in the center circle is just mm. surreal. But like when you look, you know, at the time it was like we weren't kind of like laughing at them because of because they were gone. It was just you know full time. On comes a mini digger, <laughs> digs up the center circle and puts a puts a coffin in it, like saying, you know, this is that's the death of our football club, and it was just weird to see. It was just the most random. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, on earth has that ever happened before? But yeah, looking back on it now, it's just you know what a side that they, they used to upset everyone back in the day. Debouche came from there as well. Um, they, I think they they strike a little bit of a chord in British football culture as well because a lot of people remember them from the early nineties when they played against United. I think it was in UEFA Cup qualifying, um, and they, everyone used to call them pesky monkeys because their name was Pechi Monkas. Um, I, I think it's like for a few United fans who remember that, and and obviously like us British Hungarians, but. Um, yeah, it's, it was obviously massively sad to see them go. Like a proper, proper, proper Hungarian football club, not like some of the ones that we see in the top division today. Tom, Great. do you have another, maybe um, not necessarily uh, with a Hungarian tie, but anything out there that you would say this is a must-watch? Um, yeah, it's, it has got a Hungarian tie, but it's not Hungary um, or a Hungarian team. Um, I adored the Fulham team in 2009 um the team that got to Europa League uh, sorry 2010 it got to Europa League final um that run was just unbelievable and it had Gira who was he's one, obviously one of my favorite footballers um at the heart of it uh he scored two against Juventus in the I think it was the last 16 um in the first leg Juve beat Fulham 3-1 and then coming back to Craven Cottage, Trezor Gay took the lead early for Juve um, to make it 4-1 in aggregate. And it was basically over. Um, and then this Fulham team, which is like just cobbled together journeyman featuring, like I'll just run you through their, their team. Mark Schwarzer, Kelly, Koncheski, Hangeland, Baird, Hughes, Gira, Duff, Atuhu, Davis, Zamora. And this Fulham team, Ended up winning 4-1 on the night. Cannavaro got sent off for Juve, um, I think, in about half an hour. And then it was just all Fulham for the rest of the games. Like Zamora was unbelievable. Clinton Dempsey came on and scored, like, the most ridiculous chip you'd ever see. Um, and Gira scored two as well. And it was just like, it, it was already a fairy tale how far Fulham had got at this stage. And then to, to beat Juve on on the night it was just unbelievable um it, yeah a, a game that really stands out in in my head and and it is hungarian related because got gero was ridiculous that night but like that that if if anyone wants to watch a football match that is one to watch it's just amazing and that's last 16 2010 yes um Europe League, sorry. Yeah, Europa. I think it was the first season of the Europa League. Like, I'll just go through some the Juve team in comparison. 
Uh, Cimenti was in goal, Cannavaro, Grosso, two, uh, two World Cup winners, Zabina, Felipe Melo, Sally Hamazic, Camaronese, Sissoko, Candreva, Diego and Trezeguet. And Del Piero came on, Yaquinta came on. Uh, it's just ridiculous. It's like World Cup winner after World Cup winner in that squad. And, and yeah, somehow Fulham managed to beat them. That's amazing. That's one to watch. I'm definitely putting that down on my list. Yeah, and as an American, you'd love it with that Clint, Clint Dempsey chip with, I think there's about 10 minutes to go to, to basically win the tie. It was, yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, I, mean I, I like Clint Dempsey, but I mean, I just love anything about uh, a, a game like that where you see a team come back and score. Yeah, it was just, it was just so good. They were just so, like, so just lovable because it was just a bunch of journeymen just, like, playing the absolute heart out. And 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 that's one of the great things about football. An underdog story in football, like nothing beats it really. Can I ask a question about Craven Cottage real quick? This is one that's always burned. You know, the, the, there's an actual cottage in the what the southeast end or something like that, right? There's like yeah. an actual building, and there's like a porch on the second level. Can you actually sit there and watch the game from up there? I'm not sure. To be fair, probably. I think um, I want to do that. That's my life goal. Yeah. But, or something like that, sick, don't I? Yeah, probably true. Um, yeah, it's Al fired, <laughs> wasn't it? Who owned them for a bit? Yeah. Fun. You know, get like your your eight best mates and go up there and have <laughs> yeah. all the beers surrounding you and just <laughs> yell, and that'd be a lot of fun. All right, Gab, do you have do you have another one for us? I do. This one is uh, another Hungarian national team game, and and the whole game is is on YouTube to watch as well. So it, it's definitely worth seeking out on there. And it was uh, 2007 um, when Italy came to Budapest as world champions, and Hungary beat them 3-1. And um, it's like Tom, Tom just uh, reading out that Juve team. Um, the Italy team on, on that night had um, Buffon in goal, uh, Cannavaro was playing, Zambrotta, Perlo, Ambrosini, uh, Luca Toni, Del Piero, Inzaghi, Di Natale, just, you know, absolute star-studded team. Um, dull first half, it was nil-nil. Um, early in the second half, Italy take the lead. Here we go again. Um, and then in like a period of 15 minutes, Hungary just took them to pieces. Absolutely took them to pieces. Um, definitely see it out. And what makes it so good? It's only a friendly. We get that, you know, friendlies don't mean anywhere, pretty much anywhere else in the world. Like, you know, where we're like England and things like that. They're just meaningless. Um, but to, you know, small countries like ours, they're, they're everything. And the commentators like nearly in tears, as, as the third goal goes in and it, it's just what an occasion it was kind of you know the world champions and obviously we've done it recently with with Croatia as well so definitely um worth seeking out that game on YouTube we were just we were excellent absolutely excellent that night did you say the date for that one too uh yeah it was uh so a couple of days after the national day so 20 22nd of August Excellent. All right. Well, there's another question here I thought I would bring up. Um, and I know that uh, you guys will have opinions on this one. John Spandley um, at Bentex TV on Twitter. 
Uh, which three players seriously underachieved playing for Hungary during uh, the period between 2010 and 2019? I know who he wants me to say. <laughs> <laughs> he wants well, to Give the people what they want. But Jujak, uh, people are going to think that Jujak's underperformed uh, for Hungary, but I really don't think he has. Um, this is a tough one, actually. <sighs> Can we come back to me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Gabby, anybody that comes to mind? It's so strange because we probably spend 90% of the time criticising the, the players that we do have that, that turn up for Hungary, but we got to remember that we're, we're only hungry and, you know, in terms of stars and things like that, we don't necessarily have any. So you, you're, you're looking at like a kind of bunch of average, so above average players and, and asking which ones did it form you know so I did I, I saw his question and thought that's a that's a, a great question but where do you start where do you start with it I think I think Peter Galacci definitely I, I'm I'm a massive fan of his and I know a lot of people on Twitter aren't um I think I, I watch him a lot in the Bundesliga and obviously this season in Champions League and I think he's absolutely class I think he's one of the best keepers in the world genuinely top 10 maybe top five at the moment Oblak's obviously number one um who do you put number two number three Testegan, I guess will be there Neuer's probably still up there as well um I don't I think Galachi is, is close to the top five but for Hungary like he barely makes a save like he doesn't does he like I'm, I don't think he's particularly at fault had been at fault for many goals I think he's been at fault for a couple I, I remember but he barely makes a save for us. It's weird. Because for Leipzig, he's, like I say, one of the best keepers in the world. But for, for Hungary, he's just not done it yet. Um, yeah. It's certainly certainly him. Um, I, sorry. That kind of probably being, being a little bit unfair. But the height over Kenny Otigba for him to pick Hungary over Nigeria when he when he had the choice of of which uh, you know national call up he was going to take um, and then obviously has, has, has made a couple of appearances for Hungary um, but he's another player who we had so much hope for but just just hasn't happened does has it at all yeah yeah it's, I think he's been injured for a bit but like still like I mean I think it's it's kind of his uh, career has come to the point where he's had to choose Hungary, and I think that sums it up really. Like, because he doesn't want, he didn't want to play for Hungary at all. Like, it's, that's that's not me being harsh. That's that's literally what he said. So for him to actually play for Hungary now, I think it just shows at what career trajectory his has taken. Um, and now I bet he's he must be nearing thirty, maybe like twenty seven, twenty eight, but like. What what's kind of left for him in in his career now? And he started playing for Froddy again, which is good. But yeah, um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see if he ever he ever does become a first teamer for Hungary, which I don't think he will. Um, 
I mean, you're never going to get ahead of Orban. Um, and then that means there's only one other space free, and uh, Barat's got that nailed down for me at the moment. So it's basically hoping for a bench spot or one of the two to get injured. Let me, let me turn the question on Ted then and ask, um, who do you feel has made a surprise impact in the last couple of years in the Hungarian national team? Who, who do you think has really made a stamp that maybe even surprised you a little bit? Um, I love my iPad Kai every time he plays. I think he's, um, I think he's just class. Um, 32, and never played abroad, like, and he's only really um, become like a a, a, a first team, uh, first name on the team sheet probably in the last two or three years. I, I think he's class. Um, I, I don't. I think there's. I think he's quite limited in his ability, but I think what he does, um, his discipline and his defensive nous and his just ability to just play it short, play it simple. I think he's quality. I really do. Um, I think Adam Nodge, every time he plays for Hungary, is just class. Um, he, he was in and out of the Bristol City team this season. Injuries didn't help him, but... Um, when he plays for Hungary, he is a completely different player to any time I've ever seen him at club level. And I've heard people, Bologna fans, Bristol City fans, say they like him as a player, but they don't know the half of it because he, he's not the same when he plays for club than he is playing for national team. I don't know if that, it must be just a mentality thing, but he, he's just class. And I think when Nodge and Pukai play in Hungary's midfield, and when they're both fully fit, Hungary are a really, really good side. I think this, and I think it's almost entirely down to them too. Can you remember that Croatia game when Hungary won that? Those two that day were just class. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Pakai really has become, uh, like you said, maybe not, doesn't have all the tools, but just had, has really become a clutch impact player. Mm. Um, and not, not even just for Hungary, uh, the Hungarian national team, but even for, um, for Herbar as well. So yeah. um, he is that type of player. Gabby, anybody come to mind for you? Um, I, I I absolutely love Willy Orban. I, I, he has come into that team and it is, he's just immense at, at both ends of the pitch, really. He's given us such a such a presence, mm-hmm. um, especially in, a, in, a, in attack as well. And another one that we had to kind of like, hold on for to, to get and it just makes me think where would we have been if we would have had him a long time ago you know instead of um instead of just recent times but he he's immense because it's hard like for, for Hungarian players it's just so difficult the pressure on the shoulders of let's say average above average players is is immense the whole country's like just desperate for, for you know some kind of success whether success is like you know beating in Croatia or you know it, that's different levels of success and he's just he's managed to bring his, his club form to the international stage which is brilliant because if we look at a lot of the other players that we have their club form is not necessarily great because a lot of them are playing in in the Hungarian first division and things like that so to, to make that step up it but He's just like it's just been seamless, and yeah, that's like my only. The only thing that guts me is that we didn't do this ages ago. Right. I'll tell you who a player um, 
I, I don't think has performed in the last 10 years. Is um, And this this, uh, this guy's going to be number one, Christian Nemeth. He, he, oh. Like, I can't think. I can remember one game where he was okay. Um, I think he scored two tap-ins against Greece. And I remember a highlight when he kind of cut in onto his right foot against Austria and the keeper made a great save. I mm. can't remember a single thing apart from them two moments, them two games, where he's done anything. And this guy was this guy was supposed to be the saviour. Like maybe like we put too much pressure on his shoulders and he struggled a lot with injuries when he was at Liverpool. But he's but he's had an awful career, I think. Really. He's had he's had one good season in his in his career. That's genuinely it. Which is he's 31 he just moved to dots in Slovakia like in America after that one season he had again for sporting went and then he went to bloody Qatar uh, I think it was Qatar yeah it was um, and then he came back and was just very average in MLS and now he's gone over to Slovakia I mean it, he not just for the national team where he has been disappointed but his whole career has been really disappointing like I think it goes under the radar just how poor it's been to be honest and maybe that's not all is maybe he was overhyped as a kid um, maybe injuries had a big impact on him but he's made some mistakes in terms of his career 100% and and maybe never wanted it enough like you say the what it kind of taught me uh, um, later on in life was that watching players do absolutely incredible things, and I, I mean incredible, for reserve teams and under 23 teams counts for nothing. Because that guy at Liverpool, he was just unbelievable. Every, you know, remember Liverpool TV was a was a thing back then. I don't know, I don't yes. Know. Yeah. I watch all the reserve games and it's just phenomenal. And, and the commentators there were kind of like um, ex-Liverpool pros and things like that. And he was just spoken about so, so highly. Um, and exactly, he was, our, he was our big hope. He was our real, real, real big hope. Um, he went, was it Blackpool? He went on loan, didn't he? And got like injured in his... Yeah, pretty much first game. That was kind of like everyone hoping that, okay, he's done it at under 23 level. Can he go on to, to a football league where there's loads of cloggers that are going to kick you up in the air and stuff like that? But we never got the chance to see and and it was a, a downward spiral like from there. But so, you know, like, again, that probably, and still to this day, the best individual performance I've seen. I was just saying this the other day. Gergai Bobal for, for Honved in that yeah. Pushka's Cup when he scored those four goals in the final. And it weren't just like four tackles. <laughs> they were four goals, like as if you were watching someone playing FIFA. They were just, they were absolutely out of this world. And again, you think, wow, this is this is crazy. And, and I remember back, at, back in the time, I mean, that was, years and years and years ago now back in the day posting like the, the highlights of it on, on Twitter and Man City we invited him over to, to you know go and see them and everything like that 
and it was it was Mike Calvin, the the author, that said to me, "The opposition are atrocious," and it kind of like sort of dawned on me that, Do you know what, you're you're right, and you can only get tested at like a decent level, can't you, as to as to fulfilling promise, mm. and we just you know like Nemo's just gone down that route. Really, yeah. Well, with Bobal, it's kind of this this season's basically been his first breakout season, really. I mean, he scores yeah. goals in the second tier, but like, yeah, this is his first time he's done anything of note in the top tier. That's what I mean. He's 24 years old now, yeah. so he's still young enough, and he's doing well. He's doing doing really really well now, and he's a, he's such a great kid. He really 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 is. Um, his brother's been outstanding, obviously completely mm. different as a as a defender and has and has done some good things. But I really hope that he can, because he's another one that if he if he gets back to that promise that he has in him, and obviously this season's going to give him a lot of confidence confidence to do that. We could see him knocking on the door for a, for a Hungarian appearance. It's, it's you know not out of the realms of. Um, of craziness really is it no i mean it's weird that zte have got two of my favorite players go um coming through like andras rado like, he used to play for holodash um mm-hmm. and he was just unbelievable um for holly it was kind of when in during that time where holly were just producing all these these talents roland ugrai was around at the same time um istvan kovac as well um and he was just class, and I thought, oh, this guy's going to be it. Goes to Froddy and does nothing. But now he's scoring again, which is really nice to see because he didn't have a great time at Pushkash. Um, and it's really cool that, that ZT have got them two guys up top because kind of unfulfilled promise, essentially. And, and they're both scoring goals, which is really nice. I was just saying the same thing to, to someone the other day as well, that that was the kind of, that was the time when Friday went down there the Manchester City route of just buying players, good players, so that no one else could have them and no one could challenge them. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, Lanza to some extent fits that bill as well. So um, I, I genuinely believe that's the only reason. Like, I, And if you're a Hungarian player playing in Hungary and Friday come knocking, who's going to say no? Unless you're a one-club man that you've been there for, you know, two, three hundred appearances or whatever, then, then probably not. But... To, to a youngster playing for, for Haladash and getting asked to go to Friday, brilliant. But then when you soon realise that you're not there to be that impact player that they want, it's, um, it's bad. You only need to look as far as David Groof, though. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that biggest mistake of his career, I think, again, you know, the, the Friday coming to him and saying, we want you to be our goalkeeper. And he went in there and has... I, I mean, he's got to be thinking... Oh my gosh, what have I done? You know, I, I would I would love to speak to him off off record and yes. with him to be real honest and say, do you think that was a good move? Because he's thirty, and the Bush is the Bush is the best goal, goalkeeper in the league, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, w- why why go be his number two? I, I I'm sure he must have known he was going to be his number two. Like well, to, to be number two and also be called up to the hungry squad as well. Yeah. It, it's straight and like, 
again, it, it's kind of the season where Honved won the league. He was a huge, huge, huge part of it. And I just yeah. think it was another case of Vardy thinking, well, let's have a look who we can take out of that that squad and, and you know starting starting goal and work our way work our way up. But Groffy's a great guy, you know that time as as much as I do. But you know his his career is as it it only seems like yesterday that he was playing in the the, the third division in in Germany. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe he sees it as like I've worked hard for this because he yeah. could quite easily gone out of the game and it, and he's you know so maybe he's thinking yeah you know what why not I've earned this chance yeah I wonder if he thought com- at some point that he would do a little more rotation with the amount of matches Friday was hoping to have with Champions League and Europa League and cup matches and all of that but then you know bowing out of the cup early not getting to the knockout stages I mean he wasn't really playing that much I think he he played poorly in the first couple of matches that he actually played in. And I, I don't see, um, you know, the management of that club having a really long leash, you know what I mean? So um, I, th- I think he, he kind of, uh, uh, tri- he tripped up early on and, and never really regained confidence um, at but, Red Rob at that point. But like you say, Gabby, like he's come through, um, yeah, almost like the depths of of the football leagues. Um, and he he went to the second tier in Hungary when he came back to Shotvar, and then he comes to Honved and was his class. And and then maybe maybe he just wants to go be second choice at a big club like Frodi. He's probably on more money than he was on at Honved. Well, not probably, he definitely is. Um, and he's playing for the biggest club in the country, being on the bench in the Europa League, going to away to Espanyol, maybe not playing, but like there's, there's pros and cons to both, to both sides, like staying at Honved, obviously being first choice is great, but you can see, you can see the appeal of going to Foddy and all it takes is one injury from the bush and then your first choice, you get a run of good games. He's obviously got massive self-belief that he can become the number one. And like, and and obviously we know his his capability and if he did get a run of games then he could but it's obviously a massive risk and it'd be interesting to know whether he thinks it was the right decision or not like I I don't think us guys can say either way whether it was or not really because you can see you can see the appeal in my opinion I'm surprised that they don't rotate the goalkeepers more as well because Let's face it, it's Friday at the end of the day, you know, they're a lot of teams and there's got to be times when you think pucks away on a Tuesday night. Tibbers must be thinking, oh, play him tonight. Yeah. But he just doesn't. It's, it's bizarre, really, but no, I, I, like you say, you know, you don't hope injury on anyone, but it does seem like it's the only chance he's going to get to to be the number one there and then, you know, make him fight for his place back. But yeah, let's say it's gutting for me because obviously he played for my team, but good luck to him, really. (laughs) (laughs) What do you guys think about um, uh, looking ahead to the the youth of Hungary and obviously someone like Dominic Sobosly coming in 
um, where he's at right now. Does he stay at Red Bull? Does he does he get a, another big signing at some point? Um, and then also, who do you see coming through um, 16, 17, 18-year-olds right now that uh, have the potential of making an impact? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, I love... Um... I love Sabasai. Um I feel he's not exactly stagnated, but I, th- I feel like he's not had the best um, season. Well, this year until it abruptly finished. Um, I, I I feel that he's not adapted to senior football as good as he maybe should have done, especially in the league. Um, you see people like Minamino, who's a bit older, to be fair, Haaland, similar age, um, how, what kind of impact they've made in that in in the Austrian league. And you think, hmm, maybe did we overrate Sobos? Well, maybe did I overrate Sobos like, a little bit? Uh, or is he maybe not... Um, maybe has he got a little bit arrogant? Um not there's no like hypotheses though they're not are not truths but um yeah i'm not i think it's harsh to say i'm um disappointed in this season but i still think i still think maybe i expected a little bit more and if another if we come back in september and we have a another season straight away uh, and he's of a similar quality, I think he'll be at Salzburg for a, a few years. And then I think, I think that he might have people um, willing to take his place. And then I think he'll move to a, I think he'll do like a Jujak. I, 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 I'm really, really frightened of him doing a Jujak career. Like him looking amazing at start and then, Make, taking a wrong move from Salzburg and then fluttering around everywhere because he has ability but does he have the mentality to make it I've heard in from certain parties and certain quarters about his attitude and it makes me a little bit frightened do you think it would be um, a disappointment if he stayed at a team like Salzburg and just year in, year out, got into the knockout rounds of the Europa League and just stayed with a team like that? I think so, definitely. I really do. Um, I think he's. I think you just expected more of him. Um, Salzburg's obviously a great team, but it's, it's a team which... Um, it it founds it players like it, it, in the same way it's done with Haaland it's the way it's done with like Sadio Mane down the years Kevin Campbell Minamino who's obviously gone to Liverpool it, it it creates players it doesn't really keep them um, it's 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 a club which creates players for other clubs essentially um, yes. and if if Sobosai almost broke that rule and just was there forever I I think I think anyone at that who comes through that system who stays with Salzburg they've got a centre-half called Andrea Amalo who went to Bundesliga and came back 
I think that's a disappointment for anyone who ends up at that club at about 28. Unless the club ends up changing and, and they don't become this feeder club, which they are, which they will be, because they've got a parent club in, in Bundesliga, um, in German Bundesliga. I think anyone who plays to in that league until 28 would it's got to be seen as a disappointment and especially with him who obviously I have been a hype merchant of his and obviously the whole country of Hungary has probably been a hype merchant of his the way he came through was unbelievable and probably never seen quite like it in this modern age anyway Um, and he, he obviously scored for Hungary when he was young as well um, against was it Croatia who scored that free kick? I don't remember. That's um, a beautiful free kick. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Um, and he, he's he's been pretty solid for Hungary, but I I just feel he has to kick on. And I, if he doesn't kick on in the next two or three years, he'll stagnate. I really do believe that. He do, he needs to get into his head that he needs to keep flat out because if he gets complacent, he'll he he he'll never recover, in my opinion. Gabby, any thoughts on Tobislai or any of, any of the other younger players coming through right now? Oh, absolutely. He, he summed it complete, completely perfectly for me as well. Um, do you know what? The strange Hungarian players, when, when, that, when that free kick um, went in, everyone went crazy for it. It was I remember putting a video of it, and it, and it had like something like 10,000, 15,000 views of that free kick and everyone's talking about Arsenal are interested in him and this and that, the other, like Tom says, he's only got to hear that and it's this game over, isn't it really? Mm. But they're going to get him for, for a relatively cheap price. Um, if, if a club like Arsenal was going to take a gamble on him and there'd be no reason for Arsenal not to take a gamble on him or clubs like that. It's kind of risk-free, you know what I mean? It's you know he's he's going to have a value to him, um, but they just don't. So there has to be something there, unless someone's sort of saying to them, "You do realise that Hungarian players show promise and it never works out, or or, or what it might be." But where, where does he end up? Like Tom says, could he stay in Austria? Does he end up going to a, a Bundesliga club? you know, sort of lower down or or mid-table Bundesliga club. There's, there's definitely a path that our players seem to follow as if they haven't learned from the people that went before them. And and as Tom said, it's, you know, let's not, not let him uh, be another Jujak who has the, had the world at his feet at PSV. And that was that. Do you feel like um, Hungarian players, and I know a lot of uh, people on Twitter and those that we come in contact with throughout the day feel this way, but do you feel like there's a stigma in, in the football world, uh, actual, where players will, will, will not take a second look at a Hungarian player because they usually are hyped up and they're given all this, hey, this person's going to be the next whoever, but they just never quite reach that potential? Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but then you want to see one break the mould, though. You just want, like... We, you, we had that with Gera, didn't we? Yeah, Gera is... It is Gera's different, though. Like, 
the way he came up, he wasn't hyped. Like he was in Hungary till mid twenties. Um, I think I can't remember exactly, but he started at Page, as we've already spoken about the great Page. Came to Froddy and then moved when he was like twenty four. But he's from a background which almost it it doesn't kind of deal in self indulgence. Um, he he's a person who is mentally driven, mentally strong. Like his desire is unbelievable gear. It's like he's got unbreakable spirit. Um, his background is he used to be a glue sniffer as a, as a kid and then found, found, <laughs> found it's genuinely true. Yeah, and, and uh, he, he found God. And hell of a pass that was. <laughs> <laughs> Only gear could find him. The glue sniffer who found God. This is that's a and, book right there. Yeah, it is. And he, and he was unbelievable for Hungary until he was 38, and he was he was one of our best players in the Euros. He's just a different. Like if every Hungarian player had his self belief and his determination and his personality, then they Hungary would be a. Croatia I think um like because Gira didn't have all the like he was he was obviously technically able and he was he was really good but he wasn't he didn't have the technical ability of someone like a Jujak or a Soboslai has he just had desire if if you saw his highlight reel from the time he was at Friday and some of the incredible goals he scored there overhead kicks things like that if you were um if you were sending them a video to a scout you know or whatever to a club your agent was sending your highlight reel and you saw what he was like at friday and the player that you've got was absolutely 100 percent better than the player in the highlight reel yeah player that was scoring all these incredible goals little flicks here and there and everything like that actually you got something that was much 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 better than that but yeah. he, he he was maybe bought because of those abilities that he was showing in the highlight reel. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. mm-hmm. Can you remember that goal? I think it was Italy, the one that Gabby was on about earlier. And one of their players, um, I think it might have been even Cannavaro, was trying to see this ball out. And Gira sprints about 30 yards, like sprints and slide tackles Cannavaro, like takes the ball takes the man so the man's on the floor he, he jumps up like lightning quick plays the ball across to um i don't know i can't remember if someone like fetcherson who just like taps it maybe even priskin um taps it in at the back post it was just gear personified like all the quality all the quality and all the desire and that's that's why gear was different that's why gear made it gear made it at a proper club um in a proper league and mm-hmm. maybe he didn't make it like to the top elite level, but he was still playing in the in Premier League at, at, uh, in his thirties. He was class. Gear, yeah. Gear, obviously, everyone knows that Gear was unbelievable, but it, it it was more than just his ability on the field; but it was his mentality as well, which a lot don't seem to lack. Yeah, I mean, and absolutely no disrespect to these clubs whatsoever. You spoke to someone about Guerra, everything like you've just said showed what the player was like to someone that had a passing interest in football and said, Oh great, so who did he play for? Was it was it Man United? Was it 
was it Liverpool? Was it Chelsea? No, it was um, West Brom and Fulham. <laughs> yeah. And absolutely, I'm not disrespecting them at all because, you know, that Europa League that you were talking about and everything, that UEFA Cup run and the final and everything, they've done absolutely brilliant things. But if the best Hungarian player that we could ever produce can only play for those two clubs, do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah, yeah. And it, we just, mm. we need someone sensational, don't we? Just to, just to kickstart it. I so mean, who, like, go, go ahead, Tom. Sorry. No, no, no. You go, you go. I think we talked uh, enough about here. <laughs> no, I'm just, I was just asking. So, you know, to, to kind of wrap up the, the, the youth thing here, who, who's out there, honestly, that, um, and again, it's all speculation when you're talking about 16 to 18 year olds, but, but who, who, so, uh, so slide was that person, Tom, that you found and, you know, hype merchants all the way through to where he currently <laughs> is right now. But who's, who's out there now that, that might be the next one. I don't know of anyone at, uh, I've seen anyone at Soboslide's level, but there's, a th- like, there's three that I really like the look of. Um, Patrick Post, uh, this is kind of coming from our Euros last year where, where we did really well in the under-17s um, and then uh, the World Cup as well. Like, um, uh, Did you watch that, Chris? Gabby, Gabby, did you two watch any much of that tournament? Uh, either U17 yeah 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 I did mm-hmm. the um I thought Patrick Postaboni was was really good in that tournament and I really like the look of him he's really calm um got a really good personality by the looks of things um defensively aware as well as as well as great on the ball I think he's someone we should look out for I don't know how good he's going to be um Akos Zugaber um who's at car I, I like the look of him as well. Um, he's played a bit in MB2 this season by the looks of it as well. Um, but, I mean, he, he's good, but like, I'm not expecting anything massive off him. And someone else I've been kind of keeping an eye on for a bit is Andros Nemet, who, um, who's uh, half South African, half Hungarian, playing out, out, in, um, out in Belgium. Um, He's quite well rated at Genk. I think he's on loan at the moment in the second tier. But um, he, I expected more from him in the in the Euros and the World Cup. I I I thought he was going to be kind of the person who would lead the line for Hungary and, and do everything. But he didn't really, and I don't think he actually played every game. Um, he 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 looks good, but like I don't feel there's much coming through personally at the moment. Gabby, any thoughts on that? No, I, I'm terrible at, at predicting who's going to come through. <laughs> a, a guy I really, really like has just gone down the route of every other youngster so far in Attila Zalai, who um, I'm, I'm sure you'll know as well, Chris, um, who's gone down that road, was at Rapid Vienna, was at Mezikovest, um, and has now ended up at in Cyprus playing for, for, for Limassol, but he's had a, um, he's had a call up under, under Rossi. Um, I can't remember. I think it was, it was either Wales or, um, maybe Uruguay and that friendly or whatever it was, but he's 22 years old now. And 
to be going down that path at 22 years old, there's there's not there's not much coming back from that, is there really? One of his coaches at Rapid Vienna called him the new bad Stuber. Wow. And now he's playing in Cyprus. <laughs> so the coach has been sacked, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a, ran- a random yeah. person to uh, to compare him to, though. Yeah, like just, yeah. Just, I mean, like a good German centre-half, but like a very random one. <laughs> So pretty pretty much the uh, the uh, run of the mill German defender. Or yeah, yeah. yeah um, I'm, that, to be fair, but. I'm looking at a headline that just came in um, that said that uh, Fabrizio Romano um, said that Soboslai in his post is one of the greatest promises in Europe. That is no doubt, and it it's talks about Roma or Milan uh, looking to get him over the summer. Um, now that may change because of everything that's going on, but uh, have you guys heard anything about that? No, I know Arsenal were definitely interested last summer, um, and they were told to wait a year. Um, I think by all by what I hear, next this summer coming was supposed to be the season where Sobosai would move, mm-hmm. but after this season that he's had. I, f- I feel like some of the rumours may not materialise. I don't. I I would be that. I would be a little bit surprised if he moved. Actually, I because if you like his stats throughout his um, junior career were, were amazing. This mm-hmm. season, he's got three assists, two goals in 17 games. Like, yeah, not impressive. It isn't. Like, I, 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 I'm just being objective. Like, I'm not. I don't want to like do him down or anything or. I don't, I'm not like over criticizing. I'm just saying, like compared to the um, the kind of the um, the pedestal that we have him on, not living up to it at the moment. All right. So next question, guys. This one should be. This is simple. I don't want any explanation because it's the question came in very simply. Okay, from Tim Hawkins. MTK or Ferenc Varos? It's a <laughs> one-word answer from both of you. I don't care. I don't want to hear any reasons. It's just that's the question. Ready? Gabby, go. MTKA. Tom. MTKA. Yeah, no, it's always going to be Friday. Sorry. <laughs> Let me just thank Chris. I'm kissing up to all the, all the Friday supporters here, but uh, yeah, that's the answer, Tim. It's MTKA, apparently. The, the legends have it two to one. Um, I'm just saying that because he supports them. He is. He's one of the ultras there. <laughs> and he's yeah, did you want to get on Tim's bad side as well? So yeah, I can't say anything, anything different now because they all know my face. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's let's transition to the MB1 and the, the season. Um, it really has been an entertaining season. I, I really hated the fact that they had to stop playing. Um, I've enjoyed this season a lot, and you know, I mean, this is my fourth season in really following and all of that and uh, obviously the one um where on that one the the title was really exciting and seeing the pictures of you guys being there and all that kind of stuff um and there's just been a lot of really fun exciting games but what what are your thoughts about the season so far and um we'll kind of get to what do you think should happen with the end of the season how should it wrap up but thoughts about how you felt the season's gone generally, any surprising teams, players, etc. We start with you, Tom. 
Um, yeah, I think in terms of me personally, it's been one of my least watched seasons in probably the well, I think probably my least watched season in the last ten years, really. Um, I think it's just because personal stuff been kind of taken over. But from what I've seen, um, I guess it's been same old, same old at the top as it's going to be now because those two clubs have the spending power which eclipses anything else around them. Um, but Mezakovich, I mean, what can you say about that? I mean, they've not even really signed anyone. Like, um, it's kind of pretty much a bunch of random cobbled together players. Um, even like Gushmich has barely played this season. Um, Tomas Sherry, like, I mean, for the last three or four years, we've kind of been talking about him. Mm-hmm. Um, of how much we've like we like him, but like he's been like a, a different level to it. Even his what we thought he was capable of this season, he's just been class. And I'm sure like one of the big two is probably going to snaffle him up. Um, maybe in the summer. I mean, he's getting on a bit, but actually that's probably not going to happen because the foreign rules being taken out in the summer anyway. Um, so maybe not. So I think it'd be great for Mezakovic if they got into the top three and, and Sherry did maybe something in Europe this season. Um, Daniel Nodge, who I really liked at your Pest is another class act at that club. Um, I guess it's a bit disappointing to see Pushkash doing so well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love it. I think I speak for everyone <laughs> when mm-hmm. I say that. Um, signing Gerchko was obviously massive for them. Like He's another one of them players who has oodles of ability but not the right mentality um went to Hyduck split and I've got a mate I've got a randomly I've got a mate who sports Hyduck split and when he first went there he was like raving about him like he was like how have we got this guy and then as Hungarians do they settle in they get a bit complacent and then he just disappeared off the radar of that club um but we know how what ability he's got and he's kind of showing that again this season um mm-hmm. and I, I'm a little bit happy because Abel Lorenz, we I guess we all know on Twitter, he went to Pushkash in the in the summer. So I'm personally on a happy um, on a personal note, I'm happy for him, and I'm I'm glad to see ZTE back in the league as well. I really am. Like mm. they're a proper football club, um, on, on like like your Kishvada and your Pushkash, um, and they've got an exciting young team as well. So yeah, um. They're, they're probably the highlights for me uh, Mozakovic and um, ZTE probably Okay Yeah just to um, uh, follow up with Mozakovic I think that um, Attila the Han Kutor the Hungarian sorry is, um, is <laughs> I, I, I thought you might catch that um, really <laughs> has really been um, uh, used uh, what he's been given to the best of his ability I mean um, you know, he, he signed, um, Budu Zivzivaj from, from Georgia. And mm. this guy's come in and scored eight goals and five assists out of nowhere. Um, they've got a Belarusian defensive midfielder, Alexander Karnitsky, who has been, I mean, all over the place. And, and it, you just watch them and go, my goodness. I mean, they smother attacks and have really been just very good as a team defensively. So, uh, you know, is this a team that will stick together and, and do just as well next season? 
who knows, but definitely a magical season for them this year. I've, I've enjoyed watching that. That's one of the, that's been one of the biggest surprises for me too. Um, they remind yeah. me of, um, do you know Voshosh a few years ago when, when the season where Honved and Vidi um, oh, yeah. got to that uh, final game, Voshosh were up there as well at the time. Um, and they had a similar kind of under the radar team where like they just had a few players who were really good that season. Um, Jean Berberic, who's obviously mm-hmm. at, at Mezakovic, and um, they were leading the league for a while. Yeah, they were like out of absolutely nowhere with a, a kind of a young Hungarian core team. Um, a couple of, um, I think Istvan Ferenczi was there at the time, and um, I can't remember really who else was in that team, but um, Hongir at left back, who was class at that time, and it's it kind of reminds me a little bit of of, the, of these guys. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of hungry players, and I think a hungry team can take you quite a, quite a long way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gabby, any thoughts on this season? Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you know, I I love. I'm going to call them by their full name of Zalaegerzeg. <laughs> yes. Not go for the easy ZTE, Tom. <laughs> just don't ask me to spell it right but i i absolutely love what they like tom says they are a proper football team they've got a brilliant stadium there i i absolutely love them to bits and to see them in the relegation zone despite all that is just like it's crazy but it's so tight again like tom says the top of that table is, is just so predictable isn't it bar bar one team but it it's um you know Diostrio have, have like decided this season that they're not going to be rubbish all the time, but are still like in relegation danger. Honved have just been awful. Wepest is just scary. What's going on at that club? Um, mm. Really bad. I'm I've I've been really lucky to be inside that club. I, I get on very very well with um, the owners wife shouldn't really say that i guess <laughs> but, <laughs> we, get on, we get on famously and and i've i've been all like behind the scenes of that club and it, it is such a brilliant brilliant football club um but it's slowly falling apart mm-hmm. um, i reckon they would have gone down yeah and do you know what this like i say it's what happens with this season you know is kind of irrelevant now but there's a good chance there's that they're the saving grace will be there's only a couple of teams that are kind of worse than them that that could probably end up taking those those couple of spots from them. But you know, Pox are getting found out this season, um, which I hate to see. Obviously, they're like the um, Atletico Bilbao of Hungary, only only using Hungarian players, and you know, I I, I love that. It's this absolutely brilliant story that they're such a tiny little team and punch well above their weight every season. Kishvada are, are kind of, you know, league table-wise, they look great, but they're, they're kind of as much in trouble as anyone. It would have been really interesting to see from, like, well, fourth place down, really. Anyone could go down, really. It's, it's just so bizarre, but it's just all so... Like, Friday are... They're not going anywhere now. That's it. And I think, you know... Fiddy, two two games in hand on them, but um, you know that that gap's just going to get bigger and bigger, and I think as the seasons go by, the gap's going to get bigger and bigger as well, um, and they're just going to 
dominate it and it's just about what everyone else does to make up the numbers really um me personally now i, I i'm in love with the second division i absolutely adore the hungarian second division now it's so, some of the best games i've seen uh, have been in that division and that goes like for, for a long 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 way back now you know we know what the hungarian first division is like you could watch a game that could be like absolutely incredible one of the best games you've ever seen or it could be the most atrocious game you've ever seen and <laughs> me and tom have said that since the first time we've ever ever spoke like <laughs> ages and that years and years and years ago but this second division is just brilliant it's just absolutely brilliant it's like all these guys fighting to to get to somewhere where they get there and go yeah actually it's great is it but I love it. I absolutely love it at the moment. So that's that's kind of where I'm at, Chris, with it, really, with Hungarian football now. Or if you're Holodos, you're fighting to survive Ooh. in MB2. Incredible. Absolutely. <sighs> God. I mean, bef- before the winter break, we, we actually looked like we were going to... We looked doomed. We looked almost as doomed as Vots, but thankfully we've kind of come through. I mean... Five games unbeaten or whatever it is now, maybe. Yeah. More. So, yeah. Well, it's, it's Toth Gaboy has been like, like just class. Um, he's he's another youngster that I didn't speak about earlier, but um, uh, he's been decent for a while now, 18 year old, and thankfully he's he's kind of almost like pulling as not on his own, but he's he's really stepped up since since the winter break, thankfully. Um, but yeah, yeah Jesus, we we were in trouble. I think we were gonna survive, but like I. I mean, I think Gail asked me, oh, do you expect Holodos to come bouncing back up? And I, did, I said no, because there's obviously some big clubs in there, in, in that division, which obviously one of the reasons why it makes it so great. But I didn't expect us to be languishing in the bottom three turn at the winter, winter break. Jesus. Mm. <laughs> I, uh, um, you know, Kish Prada has been one of those teams that um, I love Felipe when he was playing as goalkeeper last season and then the beginning of this season and all the drama that's been going on with him. And I love some of the Romanian players they've brought up. Um, one, one of the things that hit the news, though, recently was uh, Georgi Grozhov, who was a, um, a transfer target for Friday, if you remember, at the beginning of the season and then also during the winter break. Um, uh, never He never transferred, obviously. He stayed with Kishvarda. He leads the team with seven goals, but hasn't really... Um, produced much in the last little bit in fact i don't think he he played in the last couple of games um or he didn't start at least um before the the pandemic ended the the season um or at least suspended it or whatever and then he goes out um outside of quarantine and they um they release him which is uh pretty significant you know a player with his value valuation and all that stuff and um and but i'm wondering if if maybe he didn't force that in a sense you know mm. um i don't know if he was being marginalized or what um they, they've they've done fairly well they're right smack dab in the middle of the table but um i don't know did you did you hear anything about that any more about that it just seemed really odd to me you know um, i think uh, it was the right choice that the club made but that everything leading up to that seemed kind of weird i am um... Uh, yeah, I'm not sure on this kid at all because when when he first signed for Kishwada, I was speaking to Emmy, who um, Emil, I 
can't remember his last name, Rusor, I think. Um, he's a Romanian journalist on Twitter about him. And I said, um, there's a rumor that he's going to go to Kishvada. And he was like, well, that's definitely not going to happen because he was like linked to like these reasonably big clubs, uh, like your partisan Belgrades and stuff like that. Um, and then he ended up at Kishvada. And I, I'm just thinking like, that's kind of just sounds alarm bells for me. Um, <clears throat> Like, obviously, he's got quality. Like, you look at the clubs that he's played for before. Um, Berza Spore, um, Standard Liege, um, Grozny out in, um, out in Russia. And you think, like, why is this kid here? And then you kind of see, like, these disciplinary things. Or I'm not... I mean, you see flashes of quality when he plays. Like, he looks class. And, he, and it's one of the reasons why, obviously, Freddie were interested. But... You just probably think there's a bit more going on there that we maybe don't know about, or some people do know about that we don't. Yeah, obviously. So, I mean that that was that was a poor decision. Um, and as a club, your hands are tied at that point. You know, obviously. So. Um, I guess if you're a club like Kishvada, though, like you're more than happy to to take a a punt on some uh, on a quality player mm-hmm. who has a bit of. Um, baggage I guess um, because if he turns out to be amazing for you which gee, I mean, he's been fairly decent um, he turns into a good signing doesn't he and I mean Kishvada have got a lot more means than, than they should do as a football club so I guess they need hey, to spend that in some way yeah for me it's more time for Claudio Bumba to play He's I like him a lot so mm-hmm. um, yeah so long Grozhov we'll see we'll see ya <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the, the question here then chaps has been, uh, how do you end the season if they don't play until May or June? Do you, do you play anymore? Do you just call it the season and whoever's placed is placed? Cause I don't, maybe I'm wrong here, but I think as it stands, Pax and, um, Kaposvar would be the two that would relegate. Is that right? Uh, Sana Ekajik would, would be... Uh, oh, they would? Okay, yeah. Okay. I thought they were level on points and... Yeah. Yeah, I haven't looked. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, Gabby. I haven't looked at the t- table in a long <laughs> time. Uh, so, yeah. So, um, obviously, Friday being uh, on top by three points and two games in hand. Um, how, how, how do you end the season here at this point? What do you do? That's the million-dollar question around the world at, at the moment, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, what do you do? It's, I mean, it, it's so unfair to, to to the clubs in the second division as well. Um, Voshrush have, have, you know, really broke the bank, bank to to try and, uh, and push for promotion. Um, they're, they're certainly in third place, but they, they've proper gone for it during the transfer window. Uh, MT Car obviously leading the way. They, they need to... Uh, need to be back in the top flight as well. But for, for those teams at, at the bottom there, it's, it's, as we've seen so, so many times, you fall out that first division as one of the smaller clubs and you don't come back for a long time if your club comes back at all. Um, when, when me and Tom first started doing all this, Dürer were one of the top teams. Yeah. Hmm. And they just simply then didn't exist. And, okay, they've now come back and are doing doing great again and works their way up to the second division. But um, it's just bizarre how overnight clubs can can disappear. 
Um, so I, I, it's such a hard one to do. I, me personally, I'm not a fan of it being a 12-team 12, 12 league uh, and then having to sort of, you know, work out who plays the extra games depending on who's beat who and everything like that. I, I, I really don't like that. Um, I, I prefer it to be a bigger league. So for me personally, I would I would probably promote from the second division and, and play it with a bigger league. Um, even if you didn't do that ongoing, you could do it for um, a couple of seasons or something like that, you know. But again, when, when me, and, me and Tom came riding into town on our dinosaurs with uh, <laughs> football.com and all that, um, the, the divisions below were all regionalised anyway. Do you remember that, Tom? How it was yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Central, East, it, it, it was just bizarre. And then they kind of like pulled it all together and made it a lot more sensible. But I'm just a fan of this 12-team league, but where do you go? I mean, Friday, it's inevitable that they look like they're going to gonna win the league. But, you know, Vidya are going to say that, hey, we're only three points behind and they could lose their their two games in hand. Because, <laughs> so, you know, where, where do you go technically? Who takes yeah. that? in place and and it's it's a mess isn't it mm. me personally I, I think obviously there's there's a, a load of trouble in the world at the moment that makes football really insignificant and avoiding the season i think would just be the most sensible thing to do around the world actually and um that's nothing that, not because i don't want liverpool to win the premier league either but <laughs> i just think voiding it is sensible. Let's let's think about people that are that are dying, that are losing their loved ones, and and people are worried about you know positions in the league. So yeah, I I think that's how I would do it anyway. I don't know about you guys. I I yeah I think I think I think you've got almost this late. I mean I don't like you wafer, but I think you've almost got to like let them take the lead on this and then play it by ear because like. You almost have to go with UEFA regulations because what's the point of giving Froddy the league? Like, I mean, fine, they they get an extra badge or, but I mean, like they've won so many anyway, it's almost meaningless. Um, but like, it's the the main thing about winning the Hungarian league is getting into the Champions League. But when's the Champions League going to start? Like, you almost have to wait for UEFA to 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 come up with their own. Um, end to the season or start to next season to to play off that I mean I I agree I I, I'd also like you Gab make the league a 14 league season uh, 14 team season next year um, and just give MT Carr and Budafok the the, 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 um, promotion harsh on Voshar sure but I mean there's seven points behind to be fair so um, maybe not maybe not that harsh I mean I mean, then you've got the problem, though. Do you relegate ZTE? Like, like they've got a better goal difference than Poch, but obviously it goes to wins in Hungarian league, so they will go down on win on not enough wins um, because in a season which didn't even finish and they've they're unbeaten in well won three of the last five. So like you you can't really relegate them. So that means you'd have to make a 15-team season because. And then Kaposh, well, maybe like, uh, 
where Capochwala can fuck off because he's going to get ready. <laughs> um, but Tom, like, could you do something like, I mean, Capochwala, like you said, they're 18 points off even 11th place and they, they need to go down. But how about like a playoff between second place and NV2 and, and ZTE? Uh, yeah, maybe. But like, I still feel like ZTE might think that's unfair because they go, oh, yeah, but we're, I mean, like no one's prepared for it to end now. So you can't right. say, I think it's just unfair. I think it's unfair to relegate them in any instance, even if it's a playoff. Like, because you could say, oh, we'll relegate one of Poch or, or ZTE. And then I think that's, you could go, well, all you best are only a point above that. Like, it, I don't know. Like Gabby says, though, there's so much, there's so much going on. It's like, it's hard to even, even contemplate or speculate, I guess. We could suspend all football until next March and then just pick up. <laughs> yeah, really start off. Yeah. What do you, what do you, you think of that? Crazy, as well, like, see, with this with this huge break that we've had, is Hungary is one of those divisions that obviously has a winter break. But if you look at say winter breaks in Germany, etc., things like that, teams tend to pick up where they left off. In Hungary, it's usually quite different to that, unless you're one of the top two teams where you could be absolutely awful in the first half of the season, have the winter break, come back and look like the, the title like contenders. You know, it's just so bizarre how it works out there. So mm. with this gap as well, it could you know completely turn it all on its head if they decided to to restart anyway. So you'll get really kind of bizarre skewed results as it is. You know, so it's just, what, like you say, Gab, it's one of those leagues where like the winter break's actually longer than the summer break. Yeah. So that's the reason why, like, teams just completely change. Like, they change more than they do over the summer, than than they do over the summer. Uh, I I think, well, I personally think that football should be a summer sport anyway. Like, I hate playing football in the winter. And I hate going to watch football in the winter. I know people people don't agree with that. But Hungarian League used to be a summer league. So just do that again. When it comes back, we'll just play Summer League instead. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are like, but I hate going to watch football when it's freezing cold. I don't, I don't but, want to go. We spend most of the season doing that. That's the weirdest thing, is that yeah. most of the season, right, you are, that you, you've probably got the, the month of August that's decent. I know. It's and ridiculous. then the rest of it is awful until you get to May. But if you look back at like... Uh, really old school days when I first started going to football first game of the season would be blazing hot and everything like that now yeah. it be raining like starting the season like in August this time of time of um, the way we are now and this year but it, it like you say Tom it, it's bizarre like kids would have the opportunity to go if there was like if the football league was on during the summer holidays they're yeah. off six weeks like the only reason why football is a it isn't a summer sport in the UK is because of cricket. But why the fuck are we just like letting <laughs> cricket rule the roost? And like honestly, like it, I I I would love to have played football also as a kid in the summer months rather than the winter months. I used to hate getting up, and I still hate playing football on a Saturday in the cold now but I used to hate it even more as a kid yeah. getting home from football where my, I couldn't feel my feet going in the <laughs> bath and then going in the bath with cold feet is horrible especially when you're a kid <laughs> and I used to do that almost every Saturday after playing and 
it doesn't make sense. Just play through the summer. Central now, isn't it? Going in the feet. <laughs> in the bath with cold feet. As a Don't do it. It is horrible. Don't do it. So th- then we have to move all the international tournaments to to uh, December anyways then, right? Yeah, that would be a problem, I guess. Or just do what you do in the MLS and don't stop for winter bre- uh, international breaks. Right. That is weird, isn't it? But, yeah. Yeah. Welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> We're too big for international breaks, the MLS. <laughs> Hanved has uh, just picked up a new... Uh, sporting director or manager? I'm I'm just picking this stuff up as I go. What's what's happening there, guys? Yeah, he's um, he's he's coming. I'm really gonna miss Sanino. I will say that I loved that, that man. He was my reason for getting up and watching NB1 this season. <laughs> he's so great. <laughs> yeah, he's he's coming as um as a sporting director and, and kind of first surprise for me was that he um that he wasn't Italian. Which uh, <laughs> that we've seemed to have gone down for 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 a long long time. Um, gut feeling is that he's coming as a sporting director, but I, I I don't think we'll see. I think we'll see him taking control of the team. I I definitely do. Um, he knows the league inside and out. He's obviously he's coming with um all these fresh ideas now. Um. From from America, that will probably, you know, shake things up. I'm guessing pasta is going to be gone off the menu for for all of the all of the players. Um, but the club the club needs an identity now. There's there's just not been there for for a long 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 time. Um, the stadium's gone, and I, I, honestly, I, I promise you that every single time I've gone into that stadium, without fail, I've stood there at some point. And looked out of the pitch and thought, Pushkas play here. Mm. Within this, you know, within the pitch may have been relayed 300 times, whatever. But within the confines of that stadium, he um, he played in that place, and I used to do that every single time. Um, but now that's gone for one of these soulless new stadiums. You know what I mean, and everything like that. But. So we need we need something that, that hasn't been there for ages because even when we won the league the the football was absolutely appalling. <laughs> appalling. He <laughs> was sacked in the first place. The football was appalling when he was brought back, um, and we've just carried on on that level. We don't, you know, it's just it's dull. It's the dullest football I've ever seen. Like watching him and all my time watching him, and we need something different now. We need to get we need to get that kind of like attacking football let's get some fans to start enjoying what they're watching and, and things like that because it's crazy Hungarian football fans are crazy the the, the game that, that Tom and I went you spoke about earlier that the winner takes all game with with video Tom I've never seen the stadium so packed in all my life it was absolutely what a day incredible day but a couple of weeks before was like 1500 people watching watching the team you know like fighting for the championship and it's just dull it's, it's really 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 dull but I think Urbani gets it he obviously has a background of um of playing there you know what I mean and, and all of that and I think he'll make an impact on it and and we'll see him take control of the team going forward 
I think <laughs> it doesn't really help with Honved this season that they're playing all their games here, there, and everywhere. They've played a few games at Seged for some reason. They've played games at Varshosh. They've played games at MTK. Like that can't be easy for the players. And then, like as you say, like the fans aren't going to go there either. Like it's just it's almost like soulless for them. Um, I think they need their new stadium as like as quickly as possible. But like you say, Gab, that's going to be soulless as fuck as well. Yeah, is <laughs> you know the, the main the main draw for groundhoppers that wanted to go and watch in hung, football in Hungary and and you know Budapest especially was those old stadiums that were awful. Don't get me wrong, they were falling down, but the history that was there and and the pure pure beauty of them being so shit was just it's a major fraud, do you know what I mean? It really, really is. If I was a ground hopper like looking to go to, to Budapest now, obviously you know, next door to the to the new MT car stadium is one of the best old stadiums now left in Budapest. It's everything is going that same way. It's it's just Friday Stadium is a great stadium. It's a great it's it's Stadium, though it's generic it's just like everything else where the old stadium was just you know it had like random figureheads behind the goal and just a mishmash of stuff all that's gone all that's gone from hungarian football now and it's sad it really 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 is sad for me to to see that that happening because it's not like it's it needed to happen because the fans don't go the fans just don't go you've given them everything on a plate You've taken away fan cards to make them go. You've given them really nice stadiums to, to go to, like in in terms of brand new, brand new seats. And people don't go. They're just not interested. So it's it's just like absolute hopeless. And Tom, you can go down the political side of it if you like. But I, I'm just, it really, really hurts to see that happening. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to get the It's not worth it. I was leading you down a dark place there. I, I, could, see it. I could see the abyss and I didn't like the look of it. And maybe I'm wrong. To be fair, I feel like the um, the attendance has slowly climbed over the last couple of years, though, in terms of... Now, it could be because, like Zala Eger said, coming in and you know getting six, 7,000 um as a team that's just promoted and stuff like that but i mean you're still even even you know our your, your favorite team in mind pushkash academia they're they're seeing more than they've had recently as well what do you attribute that to though i mean is is that is that real is it is it something that is you know kind of like hey look over here but this is really going on over here i think What's the, the um I think that the standard of the league is significantly better than it was than it's been in the last five years, ten years, until probably the eighties. Um, yeah, it's probably as good as it's been since the eighties, I'd say. Um, and I think that's going to help in terms of um, fan attendance. You've obviously got Froddy having the ultras back, which they missed for for. A, um, four or five years, um, and obviously that's going to bring the whole um, the whole league's attendance up. And they're a successful club now, which they haven't been, which they weren't really from since the turn of the century. It's the first time they've 
they've really been truly successful since the turn of the century like as successful as they as they should be as as that football club should be you've got Diozjo who kind of flitted around the the second tier early part of the century who are kind of established now I guess as a and they're obviously a club with a proper football club from a proper footballing city you've got Zaligershek as you've said um you've got Vidi um I mean, you've got these big clubs, which obviously helps. Like, they're the ones you almost want to build the league around. The, you want to see ZT at the top, to be honest. Mm. Uh, you don't want to see him languishing down below. You want to see the Ozdraw up there as well. You don't want these clubs like... No, I mean, no one, no one's going to be a Kishwada fan listening to this. I'm not going to say no offence. <laughs> you, you don't want Kishwada in, in, in this league. I mean, Medzakovic have been great this season. You don't really want them in this league. I mean, not to be like really elitist, but I am going to be. Um, I, you want the proper clubs here, like that's what you want from this league, and you want you need them all to build together, and that will will create when you when you get your Froddy versus your Diozjo, that that that's just a a sight for everyone to see because the away fans make a make a scene home fans make a scene that there's two proper football clubs um, facing off against each other which i guess since like the turn of the century that hasn't really since maybe that the end of communism like that hasn't really been the case in hungarian football like you've had your teams like the bretson like the bretson ruled the roost for ages but they're they're not really like a a proper football club, like a proper Hungarian football club. They, they were just well ran for a few years. I mean, you see their attendance now in that bowl. It's mm-hmm. just like, I mean, if anywhere soulless, that's soulless. I have no idea what's going to happen to that stadium in five, ten years. Like, it is, it's enormous. But like, the only time it ever fills is for the annual flower show, and that's not <laughs> even a joke. Vega. Yeah, and if Lou Bega's in town, but I don't think he's been in town since <laughs> the day it was open. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm. I, so, I, so on that on that note, I mean, because I'm, I'm looking. You know me, I'm a, I'm a Weepesh fan, and um, I, I've, it's been breaking my heart just watching what I've seen, especially over this season, and the last few seasons. Uh, they had stadium issues with undersoil heating, and then all of a sudden, you know, before the derby. Uh, they had to shut it down because it wasn't working or, you know, I mean, it was just the pitch was awful. And, and, and then all the other stuff going on in terms of players, you know, we saw Fexession leave during the winter break, which was mind-bogglingly <laughs> not, I mean, what is, I mean, it, everyone's just, what is happening, you know, the, with the crest and everything. It's like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> I, I, I want to see, yeah, I mean, I want to see Friday and, and, and Weepash go at it. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the the league is better when you have strong teams, um, you know, fancy teams, his, his, you know, pedigree teams like that going at it. But w- what needs to happen? I'm sure we've hashed this a million times, but uh, we got to get Rod out, don't we? Uh, yeah, that club is a mess. Like, I mean, Gabby might be friends with the owner's wife, but I mean... <laughs> The 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 owner still doesn't sound great, but keep going. <laughs> the owner is hated everywhere, isn't he? I mean, not 
Roderick, his dad, yeah. like Charlton, that team in, is it Standard Liège? He's also chairman mm-hmm. of and some other. Um, he's hated everywhere. And like he, he, I, he, he was kind of um, dormant or pretty much didn't really do that much at Oyepes. Like he was kind of a forgotten figure, I guess. But over the last two or three years, he's completely destroying the club. Mm-hmm. Like, and like I said earlier, I think I think they would have gone down this season. And if they'd have gone down, like, poof, who knows what would have happened? Like, yeah. who knows what would happen to that club if they went down with that ownership? I mean, they'd have the fans would go mad. Like, you, you know, Froddy fans are, are vociferous, but Jesus, I think all your best fans are are the most dangerous of of all they are they when they go crazy they go crazy really um and that's what makes their rivalry with Roddy so great when they're both at the same level um but they, they haven't been at the same level for a, a long time um there was obviously Froddy had their troubles and then they came back and now all you best have their troubles uh, it'd be great to see them two competing for the title again like they were maybe mm-hmm. early 2000s but um yeah they they are an absolute mess what i what can they do just change ownership that and if they change ownership they would they would be sorted in my opinion just get let's get some hungarian oligarch to buy them and create them and make them a political statement and you'll be fine <laughs> uh gabby any inside information from the owner's wife <laughs> um no comment. <laughs> okay. Come on, guys. This is, this is your time to share Tom's all right. the it's, it's, global it's, pandemic here. Yeah. You know, Tom's right, though, that with, with the way the league is. I, I've been to watch Ferencváros play in the second division of Hungarian football when they were when they were thrown out of the league. Um, and they had players there, like, no offence, but Anthony Eldin, striker <laughs> for Stephen <laughs> Played for for Ferencvaros. Um, Paul Shaw. Yeah, obviously Matt Loughton's Yeah, Matt Loughton. Really well now for for Burnley. But was that that club? If you think Wipesh is a mess, should have seen that club like under English ownership. It it was horrendous, <laughs> horrendous. And they managed to you know track. They didn't get promoted either. It was like it was a foregone conclusion that they would get straight out of the second division but it just didn't happen um and and they they did and they, they were on they were on an even kill then because like they'd just come up they had um like just build rebuilding the team again getting to obviously where they are now and remember we beating them like six nil and you know in a derby game for that to happen is just like it's unheard of isn't it it's just and they absolutely hammered them. And just the contrast now in, in the two clubs is is just strange. I mean, they, they've really got their... To be fair to Friday, they, they've got... If we had to pick a club to represent Hungary in Europe every season, like Europa League stage or Champions League stage, they're the club you'd want to do it because they've got everything in place there. They've got a good number of fans. They've got you know, a good stadium there. Their social media is like come on leaps and bounds, and, and yeah, me and Tom were doing better social media than than that the club could ever manage. From what ten years, Tom? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was just horrendous. Then back in the say back in the the second division games, they had a great big advertising campaign asking people to come back, like to to the club that just you know weren't interested and walked away from it and, and all that kind of thing. But they're now like they're they're like it's just chalk and cheese with the rest of the division, isn't it? How how they run things and how they how they are com- compared to everyone else. Yeah, and I know not everyone will like them. I mean, their fan base is is um, I'm not gonna I don't know what to say to be diplomatic, but they are not liked by certain people. Um, but as a football club, they're yeah perfectly run. They're, they're exactly how they should be run. They're our f- almost like it pains me to say it, but like if you look at Liverpool. Uh, a massive football club who have gone through like tur- turbulent times, not in the same way as Friday, but have kind of fallen off their perch and they've refound what made them good, um, tapped into like their, their history and, and their um, capability, I guess. And they've, they've blossomed because of it. And, and Friday have done the same thing. Like obviously they're going to have in the same way as Liverpool going to have, higher budgets than everyone else and again they've got the fan base behind them but that doesn't make it easy and for so many years that that has been the way with Friday like they they suffered financially a lot um and and I guess that they've been helped out massively because of it but like it doesn't it doesn't mean it's a foregone conclusion that you win the league because you have the most money it look at look at every look at the Bretson the Bretson had the got into the Champions League and should have just destroyed the league forever. Like, if you see um, teams like Dynamo Zagreb, they win the league in Croatia, they get all that money, and then they just win the league 10 years in a row and they get in the Champions League every year. That, that's what Debrecen had the chance to do, but they didn't do it. They didn't capitalise on it. Froddy have the chance to do that now, and I think they will. Like, they have everything in place. They have the fan base... They have the structure of the club. They have political power, which is important in this country. Um, and and they've got into the Europa League last year. And if the Champions League comes back in September, then they're going to give it a mighty good go, I think. Um, they've kind of broken their curse last year as well. I mean, we all know about the Froddy curse in Europe where they struggled every year. Um, but but yeah, they, they, were, they were proper again this season. And and like you say, Gabby, it's um, they're the club you want representing Hungary. Like Vidi went to Chelsea um, last year, and it was it was we we went um, Gab with David and Maggie or Steve, and like we had a great time. But like that was that was Hungarian supporting a Hungarian club. That wasn't Vidi fans supporting Vidi. Yeah. Whereas Frodi going to Chelsea that day. That's Froddy fans supporting Froddy. Like that's that's the difference. That's that's what that club are. They're they're a proper football club. No offense to Vidi. They're just not they're not as big and, and I know we have Vidi supporting friends. But I mean they'll acknowledge that and um and I and I know they'll be a little bit bitter of Froddy's success and they'll have their own gripes about it. But I I mean, to be completely honest, I, mean, I said I'd prefer MT Car early, and I'm not Friday's biggest fan in the world, but like, they are a proper football club, and like you say, Gab, they're, they're, they're the team that you want uh, representing the the, the, um, 
the football nation, I guess, because uh, sorry. No, 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 just I think it's just in terms of their fan base more than anything. I agree, and and also as you said earlier, without without disrespecting Kisvada and teams like that, is that the the whole of the league has and and the MLS said have have done an incredible job in in terms of their social media stuff and their YouTube channels and stuff like that. The league now, like when when we started this, like 10, 10, 11, 12 years ago, whatever it was, Tom, when I first like met up with you, I used to hand write match reports as if you were reading them in the back of a newspaper. That's there wasn't footage. You couldn't say to someone, "This was an incredible goal. Let's go and look at it on YouTube." It just wasn't there. And come full time, we'd have the the match reports written. They were on the website. I don't know if they'll still be on the website somewhere or not, but. If you can get a chance, Chris, have a have a look back. But that's that's how it was then. You had to explain what the amazing goal you just saw was like and things like that with words. But now, MLS said jumped on it and it's literally there within minutes. They had of the game finishing that, that you could watch the game, you could watch the goal certainly before they made the highlights package of all the MB1 games. It's all so accessible now and everything like that. So if you're an outsider looking in and thinking, wow, this is this is amazing. And you you ch- turned on and you, you, you saw the Friday game and ultras and flares and everything like that. You think, wow, that's that's amazing. Yeah. The next highlight that comes on is showing you Poch or Kishvada or, you know, whoever it might be. It, it, it just, you think, oh, hang on, what's, what's going on here? It, it's just really bizarre, but they've, they've done, it's almost like they've done as much as they possibly can, but it's a hindrance as much as it is a help because, uh, you know, what, what need is there for the fans to go to the games? Cause it's all at their, all at their fingertips. I mean, Deborah said earlier is talking about is a, is a great point when, when they used to play in the old stadium, they had crowds of maybe like 6,000 when they won the league year in, year out, had some of the most incredible players that, that have ever played in the first division. Really poor crowds. Enormous stadium now. Really poor crowds. It's, it's done absolutely nothing for them at all. Um, and that's, that's kind of where Hungarian football's at. It's just not... When they moved their Champions League games, Debrecen and played them in Budapest at the, uh, at the old... Um, Pushka Stadium. They had like uh, they played Roma there, I think it was um, Liverpool, and this, the place would be full, absolutely full. But if you stopped everyone on the way in and asked who's here to see Roma, who's here to see Liverpool, it would be like ninety nine point nine percent of the crowd. Yeah, it's yeah. just you, you know that you, you can you could walk in walk around Budapest and buy. Um, loads of Premier League shirts. You could buy uh, Bundesliga, Serie A, Spanish shirts. But you kind of like it's, it's as if it's, it's under the counter trying to get a Hungarian football shirt. And then they ask, "Do you want me to put this in a brown paper bag for you, sir?" To say, <laughs> you know, you almost like bought a Hungarian football shirt and you want to put it inside a porn mag so you're not embarrassed. the the public just don't get it they're just they're obsessed with the premier league and the bundesliga and and all of that stuff because you know the the product that 
that they're getting dished up to them just doesn't match up, you know? But I suppose England's not... England's really unique in a world where you could go to the fifth tier and, and find 10,000 people watching a football match. You know, doesn't matter how rubbish the, the, the product is on offer, it's just people will turn up and watch it in England at, at all levels. Hungary's, like, elite division is just... You know, when, when MT Car won the last one the league, I think they had an average attendance of like nine hundred and fifty, something like that. And they were league champions. <laughs> it just it's crazy. If you can solve that, I mean that why why don't Hungarian players ever reach their potential and why does no one get go to Hungarian football matches? If you can answer them two questions and give give good solutions to it, you you'd be sitting next to Victor now. <laughs> I think I, I think one of the issues I think with Hungarian football is, especially for like the Budapest teams, which are traditionally like the powerhouses. Um, I think being from Budapest is a hindrance because that city is amazing. In the same way as Berlin is an amazing city, like, and they don't really have a proper like they have Union Berlin and Hertha but like none of them have neither of them have been ever really successful um in in like the traditional Bundesliga um and I think I think Hungary suffers with a similar sort of problem in terms of fan culture I think that's definitely a fair point definitely a fair point I mean if you look at the actual districts where where the football teams are um they're relatively small yeah yeah Budapest is obviously, you know, the same as cosmopolitan. It's it's everything that like a major city kind of has, you know. But when you look at like where Vosros come from and and you know and Budapest and the district of of Ferenc Varos, that's that's where your clubs are, and that's kind of I suppose down to how many fans you're gonna get really. Yeah, and I think it's probably. Probably the city's been gentrified a little bit, and that kind of culture, the football, the the culture of the football clubs has has probably disappeared a bit. And and you, and because Hungarian football has been so bad for so long, and and only now is it really getting better. Like people have just given up on it. And you and you, those people who are living in this cosmopolitan city and and trying to be cool and stuff, they're supporting other clubs, and they they laugh at the Hungarian league. Um, that's why Friday have done well to to kind of recapture that culture, um, that fan culture, which I imagine like Johanved, for example, it doesn't really exist anymore, like fan culture for like for Hanved. There's, there's obviously, there's some people who obviously still massive Hanved fans, but like it's not, it's not a big culture, whereas Frodi have still got that just because they're the biggest club. Um, and yeah, I think it just... I think it's going to be a long, long process till it comes back, if it ever does. I mean, like, people, like we say, like, we used to, like, joke, like, Hungarian football's dead. I think it almost did die. I almost died. Almost died. Or maybe did. Yeah, I agree with that. I do. I agree with everything you said there. It's it's funny, because if you, you kind of think, was it, was it so much better in, in the 80s and, and uh, early part of the 90s, obviously, under communism rule and, and, and without. And the attendances weren't that amazing back then. They really, really weren't. But if you sort of go back to 
to the eras of, of, of the 1950s and 60s where obviously the national team was so good and and um, club level as well where they where they all played were just phenomenal and and it's almost like like you say about DSGL fans like Miskolc is like a really industrial city it's it's kind of like Dortmund mm. I've you know lucky to go to Dortmund quite a lot of times to watch football and as a place to go it's awful I, I, I just I, I can't say anything great about going out in Dortmund at all which is probably why the stadium's full of 80 odd thousand people every Saturday because it's their thing you know and Miss Sculptures obviously they're all working they go to football for their beer and their release and everything like that um but you're right with 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 Budapest you know at Kishpest where Homburg are is a very small little area it's you know, the, 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 the biggest thing there is it's the end of the metro line and it's where there's a big shopping centre. <laughs> you know, you can go out your way to find the stadium there now. So, yeah, uh, you, you know, you're, you're right. It's It just, I can't see it getting back to that, getting back to that level. I mean, this this is like, these are peak years for football now, aren't they? It's like, you know, with the money that's in the game and the talent that, that people can buy, the the TV coverage and everything like that it's you know the interest in football has probably never been higher but say going back to those you know the 80s and 90s where attendances weren't particularly great then and we had some great players and teams back back in the day then but like you say it was teams like like Friday that that still stood out and, and still had those um those good attendances yeah and like like you say, like there's never been as much money in football, and it's never been as popular. But the inequality has never been absolutely, bigger. absolutely. And and I think that's what's going to happen with this league, really. Like like Froddy have everything in place; they still have the fan culture, like I just said, and they have the money, and they're well run. And they're probably just going to streak away. And this, I feel like Froddy are going to be our Red Bull Salzburg, if you like, our Dynamo Zagreb or Olympiacos and they'll probably just win the league year after year after year that's yeah. my prediction but they'll, they'll put a team that, that will be there to purely win that at a canter and try and be a European name that's on the either the Europa League or the Champions League every year because you do get some clubs that seem to be the same every year in each don't you and yeah yeah from, from countries that are pretty much the same as us in terms of league, league uh, status and that. So I think that's the overall goal for them because, you know, like I say, who really cares about Hungarian football? <laughs> no offence, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who's listening to this uh, either does or they're just um, sadists. So They, they are. Yeah. yeah. We all are. Um, we are. They've done everything that they've done during lockdown and this is like, Ground zero for him, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're if you're dialing up a Hungarian football podcast, I mean, I, I can't wait to see how many how many um, views we get on this because I am people... excited to see how many people get to this stage. <laughs> <laughs> We've been talking for two hours. Yeah, oh, if, you get, to, if you get to this stage, recorded message. <laughs> oh, <it's been> <laughs> Well, we are getting on two hours. I'm going to say if, if any listener gets to this stage and they put their uh, name in the comments, we'll do a drawing and uh, we'll have uh, Gabby send you a truckload of meat. Um, <laughs> I, I, I promise you, everyone, if we get over, if we get over 50 people 
to it. I will dig out a piece of Hungarian football memorabilia and I will send it to you. I promise. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, you've heard it here first. Ladies and gentlemen, that is an assumption. Lady and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. We know we know Gail is probably the only one that will listen who is of that quality. Um well it's it's been fun to sit and chat and listen to you guys. Um and who knows, maybe in, in four or five weeks we'll be looking ahead at another four or five weeks and we'll do this again. But um any parting words from from either of you guys? Any anything that you're doing at home to keep you sane that you want to pass on that wisdom to our listeners? Ooh, I'm playing a game called Rimworld, which <laughs> same here. I it's so good and, and so it's not inappropriate. No, no, it's very good. Yeah, probably chosen a bad name, but it, it is very good and. If you feel like you are getting very bored, just buy that, and yeah. it will still hours some hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, but seriously, I hope obviously everyone's keeping safe and um, staying isolated and not not doing anything stupid, which I guess we've seen some people do. But yeah, yeah just overall keeping safe. Gabby, any final words, bud? Yeah, absolutely. Just, just listen. Follow what Hungarian football fans have been doing for years, and stay at home. <laughs> just, <laughs> just stay at home. We will get through this. It's scary. There's, there's, honestly, it's, it's, it's truly scary what's going on out there. And mm-hmm. just help by literally staying at home and listening to rubbish like this. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that note, thank you, chaps, for two hours of your time. I appreciate it. Um, and uh, we'll continue to get through this together. And I appreciate you guys being on here. And um, we'll uh, we'll check back in in a few weeks. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Chris. It's been a pleasure. Yes. All right, guys. Thanks. <laughs>